matter how, just score the first three rounds. I'm ditching. Look at the stare of the champion against the challenger. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. The left hook again. Jackson John Smith. He's on roller skates and he comes back down. Oh, and down goes Smith. One This is In The Fight.net's In The Fight show on Sportinarium Radio. Talking MMA, pro wrestling, and boxing. Follow the show on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ITF Show. And now from Philadelphia, Doc Brett in the fight. It's Wednesday night and you know what that means. It means I am back from vacation and I am ready to rock this thing on Sportswire Radio with Brett. I am the Doc. This is in the fight show. We are. On Sports Wire, Sports Radio, sportinarium.com slash player for those of you who are trying to find it. All social media at ITF Show. Yo, buy some merch. The shirts are nice. People were com- complimenting me on the Jersey Shore saying, yo, dude, where'd you get that fight shirt? I said, oh, I got it at TKO Store, T-E-E-K-O, store.com slash collections. Click on In the Fight and you can buy it there. Brett, thank you for holding down the fort a week ago. Very nice job, sir. It's my pleasure. You know, it was, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. And I think uh, in your absence, I tried to, you know, you're, you're good at the transitions and things of that nature. So I was trying to work on that, up my game, you know, but at least the fans enjoyed it. That's what's most important. That is absolutely correct. Uh, we are thrilled to be a part of the brand, rebranded, as you can see up in the corner. If you're watching this on the stream, Sports Wire, Sports Radio, shit, Sport. I, and I always do that. I, it, it's that no, it's that one. Yeah, yeah. you got to do the opposite. Sport, Sportinarium is becoming Sports Wire, Sports Radio. Uh, Tommy Bryce and the Sports Report, Wrestle Rewind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got to stop oh. that. <laughs> We got a lot of awesome shows on there. Cool feature is we can go live. So we're going to have the ability to go live on the program. We can take phone calls. I'm really excited for it. We're going to have to work on some of the technicalities of when we can do that. And if it'll work on my other computer, which so far it hasn't. So we got to get to that. We got to get to that point. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to at some point do maybe a live post UFC pay-per-view show. That'll be yeah. very cool. It's it's going to be fun. We're looking forward to it. Hey, if you're in the Philadelphia and Tri-State area, Michael's Glass Company, 215-338-3293. DePaul's Table, 70 Lancaster Avenue in Ardmore. Tell them that we sent you. Before we get started here, some news in the world of combat sports. There is another Silva on the block now. Did you see Anderson Silva's son makes his kickboxing debut, wins in eight seconds? We had it all over in the fight.net. Yeah, okay, so... I saw that. I still haven't seen the kick that he throw connect. Are you it, saying that it could I, I don't I don't know if the random guy took a dive. I don't know why you would in an amateur fight. But seriously, you've okay, we've posted it, you've seen it. They've shown several angles of it. I still haven't seen where it connects. Look, I, I got I got nothing for you there. I'm not I'm not insinuating anything. I'll leave that up to you. Oh, look, I've seen the kid hit pads. He definitely he definitely looks legit. 
He does and look legit. It's it's going to be interesting to see where this kid progresses. Like, what does he do? What does he go into? Yeah, uh, you'd have to assume that it's going to be straight into MMA from from here, right? He's going to progress up to MMA, but who knows? Yeah, I'd have to imagine he's also been grappling since he's a kid. I mean, remember, his father is a black belt under the Nogueras, even though Chell Sonnen does not believe that that is much of an accomplishment. Nevertheless, Anderson Silva did submit him with two minutes left in the fifth round, UFC 117. I remember calling you in the middle of the night, waking you up, going, oh, my God. And you're like, dude, I'm sleeping. <laughs> I think I was down the shore, actually. You you were. Yeah. Speaking of Anderson Silva, <laughs> Anderson Silva, Tito Ortiz in a boxing fight on the undercard of Vitor Belfort, Oscar De La Hoya. I mean, there's a whole lot going on here. Tito Ortiz says, you know, the fight, it's not necessarily in jeopardy, but I'm having a hard time meeting the 195-pound weight limit. And Tito calls out Anderson Silva saying, yo, dude, we could have met at 200, the the thought process being that when – Tito was the UFC middleweight champion before it changed under the unified rules of MMA. He had to hit 199, right? And Tito's argument was Anderson Silva fought six times at 205. Why couldn't we meet at 200? I will say, and and you know how I feel about Tito Ortiz. I think he's one of the biggest schmucks in the history of the world, but he is, I, I do agree in this regard, and I do think it's going to be very difficult <clears throat> for him to get down to 195. Obviously, Anderson Silva wants every advantage possible, although, frankly, I, I see this being an easy Anderson Silva win. Tito was never really known for his stand-up. Anderson Silva, one of the greatest strikers in MMA history. So I'm, I'm very much pulling for Team Silva here. Yeah, it's a, you know, I always take pot shots at Jake Paul for the guys that he's fighting. Like, oh, you're fighting Ben Askren. He's not a boxer, right? He's not even a good stand-up MMA guy. In this case, Anderson's, Anderson Silva's not even fighting a good stand-up MMA guy. You know, it's a weird, it's a weird fight. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want, I don't need to see it. I want to see Anderson Silva box by all means. I actually think it's kind of neat to see if he can, at his age, not at an ultra elite level, but transition into something else. But give him a, a boxer. Don't give him Tito. Well, the talk was that he was going to get Logan Paul, and maybe this is the – everyone thought the Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. fight was the stepping stone to that. Maybe this is. Speaking of that card, and also I know we're going to get into the actual professional fight league uh, – lightweight and welterweight semifinals in a minute but vitor belfort was interviewed during that card and boy good old trt vitor is back his head is huge he looks yoked but here's, oh my god but here's the thing it's it's in la it's in staples center it's under doesn't matter it's not under usada it's only under the state commission under the state uh, commission under the state commission vitor belfort looks like the ultimate warrior under USADA, he looks like a 46-year-old dad. Got it. Got it. Okay. Understood. But, but his head is huge again. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this is going to be on Triller Fight Club. Uh, don't pirate it <laughs> because they're going to come after you. Yes. So buy their dumb app and watch it or, like the rest of us, find it on YouTube after the fact. 
Yes, but either way, we're also not going to be uh, promoting illegal streams. Yeah, don't don't do that. We don't do that. We don't do that. Let's get to three up, three down. This is going to be your power rankings coming out of the weekend that was in professional combat sports, maybe amateur, I don't know. Let's get at it. Yeah, so this is going to be combining both the PFL lightweight slash welterweight semifinals as well as the Bellator 264 event. Three up, three down. Number one is Gegard Musasi. He retained the Bellator middleweight championship with a TKO in round three over John Salter. Two minutes and seven seconds into round three. Uh, look, you know, it was the typical Gegard Musasi fight. John Salter, to his credit, was able to get Musasi down, control him in the first round. Second round was a little more difficult, but as soon as the fight stayed standing for a uh, noted period of time, Musasi was able to implement his game, which is striking, and ultimately finish Salter, who, to his credit, has grown since his days in the UFC. Uh, and now Musasi has, I've, I think, frankly, a much tougher challenge in his next opponent, who will be, uh, most people, I guess, would call him Mr. Paige Van Zandt, but it's actually Paige Van Zandt's uh, husband, Austin Vanderford, who, to his credit, undefeated in his career, and is a very good uh, wrestler, ground fighter. I think he's going to put more pressure on Musasi. That'll be a very interesting matchup. Who do you got trending down? Where or who trending up at number two? Number two is uh, sticking with Bellator. Uh, Rofian Stotts. He defeated Magomed Magomedov via unanimous decision, thirty twenty seven on two cards. 29-28 on another. It's actually a very uh, close fight, but like Magomed Magomedov is a legit, uh, legit fighter, a, a very talented bantamweight. And for Stotts to defeat him the manner he did, almost was nearly defeated actually in the second round. He almost got choked out, was able to get out of that. Uh, credit to him. Looks to be a very legit fighter. I believe he's uh, only has one loss in his career. So excited to see what he can do moving forward. Number three in the forward position. Number three, and this is going to PFL, it is Magomed Magomed Karimov, who defeated Sadabu Sai uh, via unanimous decision 30-27 on all three scorecards. It was, I mean, honestly, I think they need to start, like, coining the term, like, this was a Dagestani decision. And what I mean by that is, or a Habib decision, just take you down, advance positionally, and maul you. And that's exactly what Magomed Karimov did. And I think he is well en route to being the uh, million-dollar winner. And it's going to be very interesting in his finals matchup. But, you know, he faced a very dangerous striker, but took him down. Looked very impressive in doing so. For all positives, there are always negatives. So we have three trending down. Start with number one. Yeah, number one, how the mighty have fallen. Rory McDonald, uh, the PFL, lost to Ray Cooper via unanimous decision in the main event of the PFL event uh, this past week. This was in the welterweight division, lost via un dominant unanimous decision, 30-27 on all three scorecards. 
look, we've talked about this. I talked about this last week uh, on my solo show. We've talked about this previously. I know I've talked about it even with the hired gun. Rory McDonald was almost like the uncrowned champion at welterweight. He was GSP's. He was the next GSP. He just had such talent and, you know, the wars that he had been in and the damage he sustained, his game really fell off a cliff, both physically and mentally. And the way he lost to Ray Cooper to me was really surprising. Ray Cooper, to his credit, very good fighter, uh, but I wouldn't call him a ground and pound specialist. Yet that's exactly what he did to Rory McDonald. And to me, by doing that, it really just shows how far Rory McDonald's game has fallen that he's able to give up such easy takedowns and he's kept on the ground like that for basically 15 minutes. It was, it was almost sad to see really, because this is a guy who was just immensely talented and never got the championship that he deserved. Number two. Number two is uh, Clay Collard who lost to Raush Manfio uh, via unanimous decision in the PFL lightweight, sem- one of the two PFL lightweight semifinals, 29-28 on all three scorecards. Um, Clay Collard, who had defeated Anthony Pettis in the uh, opening rounds of the tournament uh, this season, frankly, I thought he won the fight. It was not a very – it was a lackluster performance. I didn't find it overly exciting and, frankly – he, I, I had scored the bout 29-28 for Collard. But to me, he's a loser. He is trending downward for two reasons. A, you lost the fight. B, you faded in the third round and you left it up to the judges. For those reasons, you're trending down. And unfortunately, you're not going to be competing for a million dollars. Your number three is interesting. Talk to me about your number three and the trending down. Yeah, so my number three in general is the PFL. And for that, it's really because, you know, to their credit, the PFL, we talked about this, they they added a lot of names to this season in the various weight classes. Rory McDonald, Anthony Pettis, they added Fabricio Verdum, they added Kamaru Usman's brother. None of those guys are going to end up in the championship round. And I think in doing so, you know, we'll go back to wrestling. Well, you know, when you have a star and you have another wrestler going up against the star, you want them to get the rub, right? So the thing is, not only did you bring in high-named guys, I wouldn't say pricey free agents, but notable fighters, the guys that defeated them didn't necessarily get the rub. Ray Cooper, to his credit, uh, is a very good fighter to begin with, a former PFL champion. So I don't necessarily think that him defeating Rory McDonald improved his stock. The Clay Collard win over Anthony Pettis, now it's lost because he just lost to Raush Menfio. So not only did you not not only did the PFL not get the rub from the free agents they brought in, but the other fighters that fought against those guys then did not get the rub. They haven't created a star. Now, to their credit, they do have Kayla Harrison. And they also, uh, you know, to that, and they have Carissa Shields. But that's a little different. But aside from that, I don't think this this free agent haul did not help the promotion. So for that, I have them trending down. 
interesting. I mean, it's a very, it's a, it's a legit take, and it is. Yeah. I, I guess that begs the question here, going off script a bit. What is PFL's role in the world of MMA? Right, like go back to when it was UFC, Pride, IFL. Right, remember like yeah. that because it was a similar-ish kind of structure where it was just like this other thing. It was just this other thing. Is yeah. that what PFL is? It's just there to be there. It's a glorified. I don't want to call it a regional promotion because it's yeah. not, but it's not top tier. It's not upper echelon. Well, yes. However, so the PFL, you know, if you want to follow the roots of it, the PFL was the World Series of Fighting. The World Series of Fighting brought you Justin Gaethje, who may, may very well be within the next year a UFC lightweight champion. Has already, you know, he was an interim champion. He will and and fought for the. Uh, undisputed belt and may very well be a champion again. So it has produced top talent, even Marlon Moraes, another guy who fought for the UFC Bantamweight Championship. So I think that their sweet spot is the number three promotion. And if things were to, you know, sort of just trend positively or, you know, get a couple breaks, Maybe somehow they were they could eventually overtake a Bellator, so they're they're gimmicky like the IFL, but it makes more sense. The IFL was flawed because MMA is not a team sport, unless you're going to be do seasons with legit teams, American, and they did at some point, right? Then well, the ultimate fight. So the UFC did the Ultimate Fighter. They did American Top Team against right. then the Black Zillions, and it did terribly. Right. But it was also because Ultimate Fighter was fading. Right. Look, the only time in, in the history of MMA, and we've talked we talked about this in one of our earliest episodes and best feuds in MMA, uh, were some of the gym wars. You know, when you used to have Luca Livre against the gr- BJJ, everybody uh, versus the Gracies, <laughs> or our Brazilian top team against yeah. Shoot the Box, which yeah. basically played out over five years in Pride, which was great. But you can't force that. Right. You can't bottle that up and put it in a print and make that a promotion. But where the IFL makes sense is it's in, excuse me, not the IFL, the PFL, it's individuals. It's a guy fighting for, or a woman fighting for a million dollars. And so I think, you know, had these free agents hit and it was right, maybe at some point, a, one or two seasons down the road, they could overtake Bellator. But right now, I think they're firmly situated as the number three promotion even over a one fc who has television in the states on tnt so okay let me let me clarify i will i will say pfl in america and i should do this for all of our uk fans i will say pfl is firmly established as the number three american mma promotion could you i I mean obviously you have tremendous promotions in europe um you know KSW. You have uh, we're you doing have, our thing in Poland, baby. Yeah, we have Cage Fury. I don't want to give mention to the Chechen um, yeah, yeah. MMA promotion because of Ramzan Kadyrov, but of all of that. But nevertheless, there are fighters that come from there. You look Europe. Europe's MMA scene is exploding. You now have Cyril Gan, UFC interim heavyweight champion for France. It's only going to make it bigger in France. But so in America. The PFL is number three. All right, it, it, it's just an interesting take. I, yeah, I don't, 
Uh, it's I'm all a fan for give me more, give me more, give me more. So I want to see them succeed. It was an interesting that you, it was interesting that you had him as number three. I don't think I don't disagree with you. So yeah, look, I, I, in the end of the day, we love the sport, and sometimes that is UFC, sometimes it's Bellator, sometimes it's sometimes it's Yama. Yeah, yes. Uh, we'll get to that when we get. We'll, we'll talk about loving the sport when we do a little little bit of wrestling at the end here because it is SummerSlam weekend. But yeah. let's talk UFC on ESPN. U, UFC on ESPN twenty nine. UFC on ESPN Fight Night. UFC uh, UFC Vegas. It is whatever it is. Yes, whatever it is, it is actually in America. It is on ESPN, and I believe ESPN two. I I don't know it, but it's. Uh, it is this weekend's fight night card. That is the best way to put it. So main why, event. Why well, I'm sorry. Fight night. I I I know this. There was. Uh, I did a solo show months ago, and I started. I I did a whole like five ten minute rant on this. Yeah, I, it's just it, it's mind boggling because I'm trying to to track it with stuff for writing things on intheflight.net, and I'm like, wait a minute, why do I already have this this tag here oh because that was something else and something different yeah it literally could be five different things it's your it's ufc on espn or it's ufc vegas or it's ufc fight night it's 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 very frustrating they they need to standardize it but you know nevertheless either way very interesting middleweight main event between kelvin gaslam jared cannonier uh to me this is sort of I kind of view this as like Kelvin Gastelum's last stand and his I'm not gonna say quest for relevance because he is relevant and he obviously I mean he went to war with Israel Adesanya, but since then kind of been on a little bit of a noticeable slide. You know, he I mean he's he was soundly defeated by Robert Whitaker. He needs to regain uh some of that that mojo, I guess that brought him to, you know, the brink of a title. And this is a very interesting matchup because Jared Cannonier is one of those guys blessed with one punch knockout power, even more so than Gaslam. I think Gaslam is the more well-rounded fighter. I think Cannonier is stronger. Um, I think Gaslam has the better gas tank. So it should be very interesting. I, I could right now, you know, obviously I make my picks at the end of the week. Um, but right now, I am sort of torn. Uh, I th- I think Gaslam offers a more well-rounded game. We haven't really seen Cannoneer's ground game, except for because the one time when he may have been challenged with that was against Jack Hermanson, and he knocked him out real quick. So, I mean, when you have one-punch knockout power, it's a great equalizer to a, an opponent who is incredibly well-rounded. So in that sense, it's a very interesting matchup. Talk about the prelims, Clay Guida versus Mark Madsen, not to be confused with Mark Madden, formerly of WCW. Yeah, you know, so Mark Madsen is undefeated, and I think that Clay Guida, who's, you know, amazing, the carpenter is still going strong after all these years. But I think this is this is one of those really good matchups of, you know, pitting a young, talented fighter against a very established veteran and seeing getting a baseline as to where 
does does Madsen stand? Is you know, does he still need more time to develop, or is this a guy who really could take on the cream of the crop in his division? So very interested to see that. I think that's very good matchmaking. Uh, and then the other fight on the in the main card that I'm very interested to see is Alexandre Pantoja against Brandon Royval. Uh, two very talented featherweights could very the winner could very well be in line for a title shot depending upon what the UFC chooses to do uh, with their new champ, Brandon Moreno. I, I really hope that they do not uh, book the immediate rematch for Davis and Figueredo. I'd like to see some fresh matchmaking in that division. I think Brandon Moreno is such a hot name right now that giving him another opponent, it will actually help increase the visibility of that division. So, But either way, the winner of this fight is definitely very close in line. So that's why it's an important fight of two very skilled fighters. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and then in the prelims, there's two fights uh, that really piqued my interest. First, you have Brian Kelleher against Domingo Pilarte. Brian Kelleher, uh, I don't care. Brian Kelleher is must watch TV to me. Uh, just a guy who brings it scrappy, scrappy on the feet, scrappy on the ground is one of those guys who, God bless, doesn't even matter who his dance partner is, he makes the dance partner look good. He's never going to be fighting for a championship. I don't mean to speak ill of him in that regard, but he is a guy who is just entertainment personified in that octagon. So I love him in that regard. And then two interesting prospects who are both looking to rebound from losses, Ignacio Bahamondes against Roosevelt Roberts, guys who I think really – have the potential to become ranked fighters in this organization, but you know, obviously, the and they're both looking to rebound off of losses, so you know, there's a little bit of desperation in there. So, I think it's gonna make both guys fight hard. Really looking forward to that fight, too. When you talk about Brian Keller, why is it that he is not why he's kind of locked in on the prelims versus being an, an attraction from a fight aspect? on on the main card i think it's probably due to the fact that so it depends i think on the prospect he's fighting and we're here he's still fighting a younger fighter if they match him up let's say if they match him up with a guy akin to a mark madsen then i think maybe he gets into the main card but here it's just because there's the recognition all right this guy he, he doesn't have the name of a Clay Guida. He never enjoyed that big of a career in, in the earlier stages in the UFC. He's kind of just, I think the, the hardcore fans love him, but he never quite had enough crossover appeal. So that's why he's more of a undercard attraction or a prelim attraction versus a Clay Guida. I think that that's like the biggest difference there. Gotcha. Before we move into the PFL playoffs, Follow the show on all social at ITF show. Read it on inthefight.net. We are on Sports Wire Radio, home of Tom Bryce and the Sports Report. A work in progress has joined the family. We have a lot going on. Wrestle Rewind, Sit Down Marks. New shows are being added on the regular coming September 3rd to the program to Sports Wire Radio. The premier, premier football podcast coming to you. Tell, no one, no one's going to tell you different. The goal line stand off football all the time. We are going to be bringing you our football knowledge. We are 
happy to be joining SportsWire Radio. SportsTalkPhilly.com is our other home on the web. September 3rd, NFL preview. It'll be previews, pandemonium, not in Piscataway, but worldwide. Hopefully someday there will be some more pandemonium in Piscataway. I hope so, too. Buy some merch. TKOStore.com. T-E-E-K-O-Store.com slash collections. Click on In the Flight banner. PFL playoffs are going to be rolling on, and I think they're – I don't want to call it their moneymaker, but Kayla Harrison is on the card. She is their most uh, – How's what's the best way to put it? Uh, most eyes on her, most notable fighter right now maybe? Yeah, most notable, most dominant. She homegrown because this is the only promotion she's essentially fought in. Um, you know, she's their Ronda Rousey. And, and frankly, has better pedigree than Ronda Rousey. She's a gold medalist, uh, judoka. And so she is taking on, interestingly enough, she's actually the second seed in this uh, tournament. And it was only because of the timing. The, the seeding also, one of the tiebreakers is how quickly you defeat someone. And Larissa Pacheco, who is the first seed, she had finished fighters, uh, her opponents, earlier in the first round. So a little strange that way. But Kayla Harrison in the main event is taking on, uh, I believe it's Gina Fablon. Uh, look, Kayla Harrison is going to take her down, inflict punishment, and the fight will be stopped via submission or via TKO stoppage due to ground and pound. It's, it's that simple. She's that talented. She's that determined, that strong. It's... There's really you don't even need to put in extra analysis to it. Uh, Larissa Pacheco, who, as I just mentioned, is the top seed, is fighting Taylor Gordado, uh, who's, who's a scrappy fighter. But I think Larissa Pacheco is very talented. I'm very interested and excited to eventually see Kayla Harris take on Larissa Pacheco. I do think Pacheco will be able to move past Gordado. I'll yeah, I will probably be making picks for the PFL card, the main card as well. Uh, I'm still torn, actually, with respect to the two heavyweight matchups. Uh, before, well, before you get to the heavyweights, yeah, let's talk Kayla Harrison for a second. She, clearly, yeah. if she gets through the next two fights, right? She's done. She wins. Yeah, she's not long for the PFL, right? I mean, like she has to go somewhere else. Well, yes. Going back to the PFL conversation yeah. early on, where we're saying it's the third best in the in the states, could they conceivably build around her or no? The problem is in my cap, son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, well, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> that threw me off. The problem is the division that she fights in. So she is a lightweight. She fights at 155 pounds. There are very few women. There are very few professional female lightweights out there, frankly. Uh, even featherweight. I mean, you see that in the UFC with Amanda Nunes. They, they, you know, even though Amanda Nunes is the 145 pound champ, there really isn't even a division. They only have several other full time featherweights. If she was a bantamweight, they could build around her. That you could bring in other fighters. She has fought at 145. It is very difficult for her to get down there. But at 145, that opens up the option. Maybe Scott Coker would be interested. Cross-promotional bow with Cyborg. 
And then at some point, yes, Kayla Harrison would have to do the make the jump and fight Amanda Nunes in the UFC. But again, it would always involve her getting down to 145. No one is going to go up to 155 to fight her. The only other interesting thing, I guess, is I don't know where Gabby Garcia is these days. Oh, you know, she still fights. You know, she fought those few freak show fights in Japan. I mean, when she's completely leaned out, she's still at like 180. I mean, she's just a very large, uh, powerful woman. So that's that the, the problem with Kayla Harrison, unlike a Ronda Rousey, is what's around her. There's just not much. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just it's the question that's going to be asked. It's being asked on all MMA media. So I had to ask, talk about the heavyweights. We got a good name going on. This is a good name round. Yeah, we got Bruno Capeloza against Jamel Jones and Ante Dalija against Dennis Galtsov. But honestly, I think these are both – I think they're going to be very entertaining scraps. I still have not yet – you know, obviously, I sort of uh, previewed my picks for the the previous two fights. Here, I still have not yet made my decision on either two fights. Obviously, check out uh, our social media at ITF Show uh, later in the week, and I will make my picks. But I do think they're going to be very entertaining, so definitely check them out. Uh, looking forward to those fights. But again, you see, this is going back to why PFO lost out. They brought in Fabricio Verdum. And Kamara Usman's brother, neither of them made it. Right, you want you want you want Fabricio Fabricio Verdum in this final for the guy who's watching it saying, "Oh, I remember that guy." Or yeah, or oh, Muhammad Usman. Oh, that's Kamara Usman's brother. Let me check him out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I, I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Bellator two sixty five. Let's talk Bellator two sixty five. And holy shit. They're bringing out Czech Congo and Sergey Karatanov. Holy yeah. moly, man! Are they going to do this in a ring? And are and more importantly, more importantly, not that Czech Congo is a pride guy, but Karatanov definitely is. Are they bringing in the diaper? No, the diaper will not be. Well, remember, Czech Congo is more of a UFC guy. Yeah, oh, Czech Congo is definitely a UFC guy with the stupid. I know. I there you go again. I knew you were going to bring that up. It was yeah. annoying. You go tell them. I'm not going to tell them anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, this is the kind of fight that, to me, entertaining, yeah. Is there going to be a knockout? Most likely. Am I going to watch it? Yes. But to me, this is the kind of main event booking, which to me will always entrench Bellator as well below UFC. Sergey Karatanov was a very super talented fighter who in 2004 and 2005, you thought maybe might even be able to pick off Fedor Emelianenko. He actually beat um, Big Nog in one of the Grand Prix. I think it was the Openweight Grand Prix. He had tremendous fights back in the day. Then he got, you know, he sort of just got bigger, slower, tough guy. Look, if he walked in this room right now, he could literally have his way with me. I'm talking about fighting, not sexually. I, I don't know why I had to bring that up. Nevertheless, Whoa, boy. What, I'm, what I'm getting at is, you know, it's just 
these guys are so past their prime, so past their relevancy in the sport. Yet this is the main event for the supposed second biggest organization, second biggest MMA organization in the world. That's my issue. See, this is a this is a, the kind of fight where in the fight dot net we're we're running a fight card in on corner of Swanson and Rittner in South Philadelphia, and we're going to want to bring in some kind of name value to draw the casual fan. Like, oh, I watch Czech Congo and, and Sergey Karatonov. I agree with you. This isn't the main event of a card in 2021. I know, To me, and this is also, you know, people always make the argument the UFC has too many shows. I actually think Bellator has too many shows. If you had less shows, you could load up. If, if you reduced the amount of cards you had in Bellator by a third, there's something to that effect. You could really load up on those cards and make them must-see TV. Yeah, because what are they doing every other week at this at this point? Yeah, I mean, look. I, so I, I'm I'm just throwing out numbers here. Let's say the UFC is on, whether it's free TV or pay per view, forty five times in a year, forty four. Bellator is probably on like thirty five to thirty eight. If you reduce that a little bit, maybe even 28 times a year, something like that, you could really load up on these cards. And look, I'm not trying to take away opportunities from fighters by any means. That's not what I'm doing. But I'm just saying if you're Bellator and you're trying to compete, to me, this is not saying we're in competition with the UFC. This is saying we're in competition with PFL. Right. I, I agree with you. Even you go every other month kind of thing. You're looking at look. There's places for fighters to go now. That's on television or UFC Fight Pass or Fight TVs, Art of War, Cage Fury Fighting Championships, uh, Ring of Combat, whatever they're doing down in AC. There's places of significance for them to go. Yeah, you know, Legacy Fighting, that that kind of stuff, to where it doesn't have to bleed into. Again, Bellator in this case looks like a glorified regional promotion fancier lighting yeah it's to and to me that's um look they sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle the you know bellator 263 aj mckee that was magic that was magic you know i don't know how much it registered in the mainstream mma world well i think it did I, it did. I, all right, so maybe I mean mainstream sports but, but outside of the UFC, but but it, you got to build off of that exactly. You have to and build. you follow it up with two. I mean, you followed it up with the middleweight championship fight, okay? But and now you have this. To me, I would have held off on this. And Sergey Karatano, Czech Congo makes for an interesting featured bout in a more important Bellator card as opposed to main eventing. That's that's where I'm at with this. I, I would agree with you. Uh, any other fights of interest for you here on this card? Yeah, to see again, two up and coming guys, Adam uh, Borix against JJ Wilson. Very I, I, to me, I'm excited to see that more so than the main event because I want to see younger guys and see where they're at, particularly when they're fighting against one another. See how they stack up against each other. So, should be pretty interesting though. We're we're gonna we're going to talk boxing here in a second because there's a pay per view Saturday night in Las Vegas, which is interesting in its own right. Because there's another pay per view Saturday night in Las Vegas, 
But let's talk boxing here. Uh, Earl Spence was supposed to fight Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. Is that a Showtime pay-per-view? Fox. It's Fox. Okay. Well, because yeah. so, I'm going, connecting it back to Bellator. Who calls the Fox cards? Is That's it Marlo? I don't think so. I'm I'm just wondering because you know Mario Ranello brings a different element yeah. to any broadcast. I yeah. have advocated that I think he should be on AEW. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think he should be. Him not calling Bellator because he's calling boxing even makes that that program worse. No, I agree, but no, he, I do not believe he is on the Fox pay per view broadcast. So that's probably what Kellerman. Those guys, no, he's ESPN. I forget who's the Fox broadcast. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't even tell you. I, well, let's talk about it. Manny Pacquiao, uh, is boxing in Vegas. Yeah, okay, he is. So, so Errol, the initial fight was Manny Pacquiao against Errol Spence. Errol Spence, a much bigger name, unfortunately, he had to bow out, uh, due to injury. And to his credit, your Dennis Ugas. Uh, stepped in, and now Manny Pacquiao is fighting for Ugas's super welterweight titles. Um, you know, I look with basically all of our boxing fights, I'm always, you know, talking shop with uh, the hired gun. And uh, we both kind of came, we both were in the same position that this is a dangerous fight for Manny Pacquiao. And Ugas is super talented. Tough as nails for coming to wanting to step up on kind of short notice was already supposedly already training, so was in good shape. Uh, so I don't really know if uh, Pacquiao can take this, and that could be a really bad look, particularly for future fights that he wants. Because at some point he wants the Errol Spence fight is a lot is a money maker. I want you know obviously he's going to make some money off of this, but the pay per view numbers are going to be way down. But either way, it actually is going to be a decent fight. Where is the fight taking place? Did they go T-Mobile or did they go MGM Grand Garden? I think this is T-Mobile. Okay. It, well, that's really interesting then. So there is a lot going on yeah. in, that, in that two blocks because we're going to get to it here in a little bit. But WWE is running SummerSlam for the first time ever, on or first time since 1992, I should say, on a Saturday night in Vegas. And, you know, you got 48,000 people going to that. It's it's not uncommon in Vegas to have multiple things going on at once, but there's some somewhat of a bleed over in fan base to some extent that I, I'm surprised. And it's on pay-per-view, too. Well, I guess yeah. WWE is not. It's on the stupid Peacock. Well, it, it wouldn't it be on pay-per-view internationally? Yeah, it would be on pay-per-view internationally. So I guess you're going to make people have a choice international. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's. I would say that the bleed over is not as strong as it is in boxing with wrestling as compared with MMA and wrestling. But yeah, it, it's still. It's it is definitely noteworthy that there are two combat sports pay per views within not only the same city but literally, you know, a quarter of a mile from each other. Yeah, it's certainly gonna. It's going to be wild. And let's transition here to to close out the show to wrestling. Uh, a little bit of a note here. We were going to insert a new segment called Book It Better, Pal, into the program where we book it better. Or in this case, there's a jamoke from the internet. Big Brad Wolf kept coming at me because he didn't like my takes on NXT. So I said, hey, come on the show and you book it better, man. 
He didn't like my take on on turning NXT back into what it should be. So he did come on the program. Last night we recorded it. We recorded it on Tuesday. And I was going to put it in the program on the back end. You know, a pre-recorded interview. But it went so long, it went an hour and 10 minutes, that we're going to have to make it its own separate thing. So be on the lookout for that, where Big Brad Wolf comes on and he books it better, NXT, and we talk shop about the wrestling industry kind of as a whole. Big weekend for pro wrestling and not just not just WWE SummerSlam, which we're going to preview here in a second, but Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, United Center, Chicago, Illinois, AEW's Rampage, the first dance. They, they debuted Rampage a week ago, did really strong television numbers. This one is going to be interesting, to say the least. I got to ask you, do you bring out CM Punk first or do you bring CM Punk out last? It's bring happening. Him out. It's you happening. Have, you have to bring him out last. Do you? Because otherwise you have, and as you very well know, you have the rest of the card, even though I think it'll still be very good, it's Triple H and Jericho after Hogan Rock. Oh, that's a very good, that's a, a, that is a fantastic uh, a correlation there. Yeah. So you're going to, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. And it's going to change the trajectory of AEW, I think, moving on. And I talk about this with Big Brad Wolf, like what happens now that you get these guys in? But CM Punk coming in is on Friday night at 11 o'clock Eastern time is solely designed not to steal the spotlight, but perfect timing, right? The night before SummerSlam to turn the news cycle to the other pro wrestling, to the pro wrestling company versus the sports entertainment company. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the AEW does a great job in to use, I guess, uh, like a combat sport, they're excellent at delivering body blows to WWE, right? And they really, they get at the heart of, of what's wrong with WWE. And they, they exploit that in doing things in a different manner. And once again, and now you're bringing in a, uh, a tremendous top-tier talent, maybe a little long in the tooth, but in wrestling, not really. In wrestling years, no. If this, I mean, I'm, I'm not evaluating evaluating him as an MMA fighter. That's a much different evaluation as a wrestler, as good as it gets, and, and a guy that the other company couldn't even utilize correctly or make happy. So it's interesting because the argument was if W if he went back to, if Punk went back to WWE, they would play it off as though he was a guy that just got his ass kicked in MMA, where. The, the thought process is AEW is like, well, yeah, but he was a pro wrestler, right? So we got the we get the wrestler, you know, who was ballsy enough to go there. It, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's going to change, I think, the dynamic of the company, which it's another name. It is a huge name. It's a guy. Look, he made an event at WrestleMania. Maybe he wasn't the last match. He wasn't on the marquee, but he was in the ring with The Undertaker. That's a that's, sure. main, that's main of at WrestleMania. That's main eventing. WrestleMania. That was the most important match on the card because the streak wasn't broken yet at that point. That uh, is, it was. It was. Nah, I don't know if that was the most important match. I at so that going point, Undertaker. No, that was, was Cena Rock Two. 
Yeah. And that was haste. And there's and CM Punk's the angle with Undertaker was hastily put together. Of course. It, look, what I, so I'm not if you're wrestling the if you were wrestling the Undertaker at WrestleMania during the time of the streak, particularly the latter stages of it, like that, it was the that was the last win before the streak was broken. It was that was the second most important match of the night. It was not the first. All right, fair enough. But this is going to change the equation with AEW, and this is going to bring us into SummerSlam. Uh, let's do a quick preview here. Uh, we can we can kind of you well, let's talk through it because I think I might pull a Brett and I might make my predictions on our social media at ITF Show with the little circles around people on the card if I can find the pictures correctly. The, those circles are a pain in the ass. I hope you all enjoy that. Apparently, when I used to just highlight the winner, that wasn't good enough for Mike. So no, I had no, to do the circles. Like, I, don't, I don't get it. I'm like, look, there's directions there. Read. I used to say I winners people, are highlighted. People don't read. Come on now. I think our audience is a lot more intelligent than you do. Okay. Let's run down the card here. I'm going to go in order of significance here on I'm looking at it on Wikipedia. So it's the most up-to-date thing. You should go, you should go reverse order. Well, I don't, you know, no, because they have it all over the place. Like I'm pretty certain Nikki Ash versus Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley is not the main event. I think so. Yeah. But, but let me start here. All right. AJ Styles and Omas, the tag team champions versus the reunited RK bro, Randy Orton and Matt and Matt Riddle, also known as Riddle for the heavyweight title. For the tag team titles, excuse me. I was Riddle's getting over big he, time. He, he is. Well, he's entertaining. He's very entertaining. He's beat getting, John, he beat John Jones in a wrestling match. He's he's a good athlete. Yeah. Monster factory guy. Yeah, he's he's very good. Uh I know, but you don't like the fact that he doesn't wear shoes. I do not like the fact that he doesn't wear shoes, boots, something. Put the boots on, man. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, but I look. I think that's it, it, it's going to be. I think that'll actually be entertaining. AJ Styles is always entertaining. I actually think Omos has done an admirable job, an admirable job for what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you. Uh, he's obviously very new to the business. Yeah. But he's look. He's like big dude. And when he goes in there, he gets it. He gets his shit in. Yeah. And it works. It, yeah. it works. And that's what it's about. Uh, here's a good one. Eva Marie with Dewdrop versus Alexa Bliss in a singles match. I don't even know if we get a look, if we get Dewdrop versus Alexa Bliss and it becomes a wrestling match, it might be entertaining. Other than that, I got no time for this. I don't have time for the Eva Marie shtick. I don't care. A and Alexa Bliss, guess what? The character is dumb because the because Bray Wyatt is gone. Uh, so I give Alexa Bliss credit for putting her all into the character. But because Bray Wyatt is gone, who, by the way, did you see the picture of him without the beard and mustache? No. Look, looks really weird. He shaved Just, his beard and mustache? Yeah, it looks really bad. Okay, you should grow up out then. Um, I give Alexa Bliss a lot of credit, but I think it, it detracts from her in-ring ability, which I think is very good. Um, I hate the Eva Marie Dewdrop thing. Forget what it what do you drop? She um what she was a a star in NXT UK. She was in the even she was in not the she was in the um Piper Niven. Young, yes, Piper, yeah, Piper Piven. Niven. Thank you. 
she is a very good wrestler. I don't like like as a guy who's bigger myself. I don't like the whole like you know, Eva Marie, this uber attractive girl with that heavier set girl. I don't like the, the angle, the shtick. It's not entertaining. It's stupid. And then you don't even give you don't even allow Piper Piven to wrestle under her name. You Piper call her Dewdrop. I thought it's Piper Piven. Piper Niven. Oh, Piper Niven. Excuse me. But it was Piper better Piven than would be better than Dewdrop. Better than Dewdrop. It's just, yeah, the whole thing sucks. Drew, Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. The rumor was this was going to be a Punjabi prison match. Thank God it's not. Why? How? What? The man, how the mighty have fallen. So, well, I, I never thought he was that mighty. I, well, I, I, I was never I was never into it. And G- look, Jinder Mahal, to his credit, first off, I thought they should have made more of the three-man band. Absolutely. Absolutely. History. Uh, and look, Jinder Mahal, we all have our issues with it. But to his credit, reinvented himself. He did the exact thing McIntyre did. They both got jacked, came back to the WWE, and both became champions. And Jinder Mahal just so happens to be Indian. And that market is a gigantic source of revenue that's been untapped for so long. And he's huge over there. I agree with you. It's just that this is, it is what it is. Sheamus as the the defending United States champion versus Damian Priest. Uh, If Now I I put this with an asterisk. I think this is a great time to put Damian Priest if you're trying to build new stars to put him over. He was banged up. Hopefully he's not another monster factory guy coming out of Paulsboro, New Jersey. Yeah, uh, decent match. Yeah, it's. I know. It's 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 just repeat. I mean, look, he always kind of twists the angles. Now he now he is sort of like Brad Pickett of the UFC. Uh, he's got that shtick for all of you UK fans out there. Uh, London Zone, Brad Pickett. I don't know. I just. Yeah, I'd like to see uh, Sheamus put him over. This match, I think, could steal the show from a wrestling in the ring aspect. Edge versus Seth Rollins, if they give him the time. I'm really in. I think this is a good. This is cool. I kind of like this. This is Edge's return tour. He wants to wrestle certain guys. Here you go. I didn't think we'd be getting this on a SummerSlam. I'm all in on this one. Yeah, it's, I, I, I think it should be a very good match. I, I, to me, I'm more interested in the wrestling match itself. I thought the build to it was kind of, I, I find Seth Rollins' character annoying. It's weird. It's not entered. It's not. Is it? So you know what we talk about, like uh, annoying. Like I want to see this guy get beat up. Yeah. This is like annoying. Let me flip around and see what else is on for a few minutes. I feel like it's a forced. Like he's supposed to be crazy and insane. I feel like it's forced a little bit too. Too much of a character versus a character. Yeah, it's it's like he's the Joker without face paint. Yeah, I agree it's, with you. Yeah, I like the idea. I love the idea behind it, but it's just weird how it's being executed. But from a wrestling aspect in this one, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Here's one that may or may not take place. Both women have been off the cards for the past week due to unforeseen circumstances. Is this COVID? Uh, Nobody knows, but Bianca Belair, the champion, versus anti-vaxxer Sasha Banks. Oh, so, she's an, oh yeah, oh, she's yeah. anti-vaxxer. Oh, yeah, yo, complete, complete lunatic, too. She should go hang out with what's-his-face at the... Colby, uh, Colby Easley? Yeah, you know. Women's title, it might not happen. Who knows? 
It's a shame because uh, that was a tremendous match at WrestleMania. Those, uh, aside from her political and or vaccination standpoint from a wrestling perspective, I've always been a huge Sasha Banks fan. I think she makes everyone look like gold and made Bianca Belair look like a million bucks. Yep. So I would love to see that rematch. I hope it does take place. We'll see. The Usos versus the Mysterios. Usos defending the tag team championships. Yeah, honestly, like I've seen it one too many times now. Yeah, I, look, the other thing is, is Dominic really? I, I give him credit. Is he really that good? I. He's, he, he's new to the business. I mean, it's yeah. not. It's not his fault that he's on this stage. No, and you got to take it. Look, you you take advantage of it and. To his credit, I mean, he's performing. I just, yeah, it's, you know, I would keep the belt on the Usos. You got to, you, you run this this whole thing to WrestleMania. Nikki A.S.H. versus Charlotte versus Rhea. I, this was, obviously the company was appreciative of Nikki Cross and all the effort that she's put forth. And they put the belt on her and this is now her opportunity. Not working. To give it back. No, it's it, it, but it it was never this is it was never meant to be a long title run. She's gonna, you know, somehow the belt is going on Rhea Ripley or Charlotte Flair. I think that's Charlotte Flair, right? It, yeah, 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 yeah. Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. How would you book it, pal? Well, huh, which Goldberg's wrestling now? Yeah, I got yeah. Well, he's I'm getting not- bigger. Yeah, the kid, I, I don't need to, I turned it off. As soon as Goldberg starts talking and I see the kid in the front row, I really don't give a shit, okay? Yeah. I, I, you want me to care? I don't care. I yeah. didn't care about Heath Slater's kids. You know, you were talking about three-man band. Heath, Heath Slater has kids at home. I don't care. Not my problem. I'm here to be entertained. I don't care about Goldberg's kid getting in the ring. They should have speared Goldberg's kid. That's what they should have done. Look, if he was if this um, were ECW, if, they would have put him through a table. Would have been great. If, if he was a little older and a little bigger, I would involve him. But he's too young; it's kind of pointless. Uh, no, look, uh, the same way that he came back to put Drew McIntyre over, he's now putting Bobby Lashley over. It's that simple. It, it, but it, it, the problem is, it's it's now come off as repetitive. He comes back now every once in a while to put over another guy. Yeah, and, and I think the problem is, this is my opinion, just my opinion, and everyone can say, oh, you're anti-WWE. The Goldberg character, to me, fizzled when he came back, when he came to WWF, WWE in 2002-2003, and it didn't really work, right? Like, he, it, it didn't mesh well. So in my mind, yes, obviously I remember 25 years ago or whatever it is 23 years ago in the georgia dome of course i do but the character the wwe character just never worked and it never really it never stuck with me you know well i'm i'm only going to challenge you in one aspect of it i think that the powers that be at that time actually harnessed in like pulled the reins back on it because do you remember how over Goldberg was in the elimination chamber match? And they should have put the belt on him. Fair point. And they, and they waited a month too long. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. To me, it, this isn't 
It's all about timing and doing it right at the you got to put people you got to put people over you know at the right point otherwise it fizzles and it fizzled. It did but, I, I agree with you it fizzled. So how he was over. How should this match play out? I in my mind I know how it should play out. But in your your opinion how should it play out? Well I, I remember me, the now, almighty, we're talking almighty Bobby Lashley. And and we're a uh, 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 rumor is we're building to something uh, we're building to the next big thing. Well, so um, if that's what you're doing, then I don't even think. I wonder if you have the first guy ever who doesn't even sell the spear. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I look at it of remember how Goldberg just destroyed Kevin Owens. I think at that Saudi Arabia show. Yeah, Is that where it was, and he won the title. Or reverse it. Uh, to me, but if, if if you're building towards a Lashley Brock, you have to Lashley has to one up Brock on something because it can't. If you look at them, so Lashley won what like the NAIA championship, sure, and wrestling. Yeah. Brock was the NCAA Division One champion, right? They're both in MMA. Brock won. Brock defeated Randy Couture in his fourth ever fight. So you have to have something. He's got to have a notch up on him. And to me, it would be yeah. I just destroyed Goldberg in a minute and a half. Like oh, he yeah. couldn't even he couldn't even spear me. I agree with you. I agree wholeheartedly. Now, that's how the, I would book that. The main event of the evening: the champion Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman versus John Cena. Now, at the beginning of this wrestling segment, we talked about Friday night United Center. It's clobbering time. That's going to steal the wrestling headlines. Yeah. If. What if John Cena, just to steal the headline back, because this is how they work over up in Titan Towers, defeats Roman Reigns, shenanigans, shenanigans, to win his 17th title? It takes away from you. You've invested this much. In Roman Reigns, and you've invested it for one reason: Roman Reigns and the Rocket. I know it's all I ever talk about. I literally, you know, and I, we could go on to how I would book that in another show, but you can book it better, pal. Yeah, well, I will. And Cena deserves to win that 17th championship at some point. Um. I just wouldn't do it because even if he loses and wins it back on Raw or or SmackDown, excuse me, it it devalues what is go what you're building with Reigns and Rock. Because to me, you have Reigns beat Cena. Cena comes out on SmackDown, says, "Yeah, you're good, but I fought better in your family," and you just have him walk away, and you just leave that thing. Like in Roman Reigns' head, I like I, I know I'm. I was thinking about the Roman Reigns Rock thing. You know, at the Rock's funeral, or excuse me, right uh, at his father's funeral, he was wearing the lay, which Roman Reigns has made a big deal about, which means the tribal chief. Like he could, they could use stuff about that. They could incorporate his daughter into it. What they need to incorporate that? not what. Well, Next week, we're going to do Book It Better. We're going to make it its own thing. We're okay. going to talk about it. But we got to get through s Saturday night first. 
Roman, I, I so you want Roman me, to go over. I want Roman to go over. Could could WWE be stupid enough? I mean, that's a loaded question. You, you just answered your own. Yeah, yeah. To, to actually put the title on Cena, it screws the whole thing. Yeah, it it definitely does. It does, unless as you said, it's there's some. Come, you know, one of the Usos misses a super kick, hits Roman. It's Cena can't win, win clean. It has to be, a, but then it takes away from his. As so I just said, he deserves this at care. some point. Yeah, I uh, think he does. We can argue that at another point, but that that's it. That's SummerSlam. It's a big wrestling weekend. We're not even talking NXT Takeover. We probably should, but you know, it is what it is. Anyway. Follow us on all social at ITF show in the fight.net. Go support Michael's glass, the Paul's table. All the links to this are in on in the fight.net, including the link to listen live on Sportswire Sports Radio. I'm Mike. That's Brett. Enjoy the fights. See you later.